I, Vegeta, the prince of all Saiyans, hereby command that you do not listen or subscribe to the Dragon Ball 4 Life podcast. Whatever you do, would you defy royalty? No! Bye! Anime, we have your attention, please, and welcome to another episode of Dragon Ball Faux Life, where you come for the content, but you stay for the culture. And it's Friday. You know what that means. We have another brave challenger that has decided to answer the dragon call. But before we introduce them, you know who we are. We are your hosts, the Fusion Dance Dons, a.k.a. the Mong Gods. I am Gogeta, the Prince of All, sings Mr. Matthew Porter, a.k.a. Matty Ice, here with my counterpart, the oob to my Majin Buu, my den day one, going from the lookout to the cookout, of Mr. Troto Trav. Talk to the people, Trav. Listen, you know me. I stay chilling and love thy women like Krillin. And you know what? When it comes to getting cream, I keep it charged up like Android 17 with no key. <laughs> no energy, no energy. That went over their head, bro. That was some lyrical miracle, miracle. Listen, man. That went listen. over their head. But Trav, uh, we we've been waiting on this interview for a while, and I'm uh I'm very excited because we got some breaking news that's gonna come out of this one that you guys are gonna uh, be super excited about. If you're in the New York area, just the tri-state area, I want everybody to attend this event. Yeah, don't bury in the lead. Just New York. We'll, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. We ain't gonna tell y'all about it yet. We because we're gonna let our guests <laughs> inform y'all about it. But Trav, you know. We we we're 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 uh, uh, we started as an anime podcast, you know, and it, and it's developed just into nerd culture in general. And a big part of nerd culture is gaming, and you know, gaming has connected people across the globe, whether it's just by word of mouth or actually connecting them online since we've been kids. But you know, when we were children, uh, a lot of things were set on those headsets that weren't necessarily okay. <laughs> they weren't they weren't politically correct. They, they weren't very say to your face. They, you look, they'll never say it to your face. They weren't. It wasn't inclusive. <laughs> it was very divisive. But we were young. But we are in a new age. Not only are we in a new age, but we're in the month of June, which is also Pride Month here. I don't know. Is that an around the world thing? Or is that just an America thing? I don't know. Doesn't matter. If it's not an around the world thing, it should be an around the world thing. It's Pride Month. And, you know, gaming now is all about inclusivity. DB4L is all about inclusivity and representation and giving a voice to the voiceless and helping everybody around the world however it is that you identify feel like you have a village that you have that you have an arm around you a shoulder to cry on a person to a player two to your player one ladies and gentlemen we are very happy to introduce our guest who was going to be dropping bombs of announcements a fellow potterhead that i just found out super <laughs> excited named after sirius black's brother himself ladies and gentlemen we have raffi regulus not related to sirius but it's serious snaps all around <laughs> ladies and gentlemen snaps all around <laughs> what's up y'all yo can i just say real quick y'all intro is legendary i wish i was prepared <laughs> yes. to, give you, to yes. give you that kind of bomb i'm well, like i told I you y'all, i'm packing all the easter eggs and i'm like justice for lunch and that's where i'm gonna leave that because that's launch will always be my favorite character that the ball got dropped on you know? yes one thousand percent yes. One thousand percent. Yeah, launch, launch, launch was ahead of her time, bro. <laughs> like, no, for real. Both, both versions. Like, right. <laughs> both and versions. Both too. 
Boma. Yeah, Boma. Boma's I have a lot of, I could I could go off about my politics about Dragon Ball compared to the later series. You are in the <laughs> right place, right? <laughs> you are in the right we, place. We're trying to hear all the thoughts. Look, look <laughs> but before we kind of dive in, uh, for those who don't know you, you know, uh, we kind of try to give as much about you as we possibly could without spoiling too much because we have some major announcements coming your way and we want you to be able to share these things with the world. But uh, if you could tell our listeners, you know, how you got into the nerd culture, how you got into anime, how you got into gaming, what, what got you to where you are today? Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, again, my name is Rafi. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. I am the president and co-founder of NYC Gamers. Man. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that is utilizing gamer community and gaming spaces to have healthier conversations about the intersections of age, ability, race, gender, and sexuality um, through a series of education, advocacy, and the creation of safer spaces. You know, so some ways that we do that is we table at different conventions and expos and events. We do a lot of trainings and workshops and consultations for, you know, a varying level of folks, whether it's like a college class of students or going to like an expo and doing a training or a panel discussion or even working with game developers that are interested in having a community voice in their diversity, equity and inclusion work. Right. Um, and then creation of safer spaces. I'll talk to y'all more about that. But, you know, we host the local events. We have a virtual, you know, thriving Discord and a bunch of other beautiful stuff that we've been working on. Um, I love that. Regarding, thank you. So, you know, regarding how I got involved in all the beautifulness that's nerd dumb and all that. Um, I, so I'm born and raised in the Bronx, right? Black Puerto Rican here. And I Yikes. grew up a block away from a library. I, I, I grew up, you know, humble beginnings, right? Um, not the richest, but I, I never knew what it was to hunger. And I, I accept that privilege, right? Um, but I didn't have the healthiest childhood and the library was my sanctuary, you know? And it was at the library that I had like VHSs for folks who don't know, that's Minecraft DVDs. And it was like a rental kind of system at the library, right? Oh, yeah. So I was able to catch. Yeah, and then this is the Bronx, right? So they were ready. They were strapped. So, like, I grew up watching a bunch of old school anime on VHS, right? And then as I grew up into that, like, tsunami era, like, cartoonnetwork.com kind of energy, I started getting into all the anime, like, like, Kiba and, like, Hikaru Nogo, Inuyasha, like all the throwbacks, right? For like that mid nineties kind of era, right? Um, and yeah, I by the time I was in high school, it was a wrap. I was reading manga, I was watching anime, I, I was expanding on my video game repertoire because I grew up a Nintendo kid. And then going into high school, I started playing with other folks who were like, "Nah, you gotta get an Xbox. You gotta play Morrowind. You know, you gotta tell you about this game." I and then I got into Dragons and Magic the Gathering. Yo, Trav, everything Rafi's saying, I've been thinking the same thing. Like, <laughs> you know, bro, your origin story is like mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I, I love that, you know, because it's it was a journey, you know? And even with Dungeons and Dragons, right? I'll go to conventions and I'll talk to folks about how I've been playing D&D since I was 11. And they're like, how's that possible? And I'm like, because... I come from a culture where we play, 
We play mm-hmm. spades. We play uh, dominoes. You play and spades. Right? Let's talk about <laughs> it. Go. So, like, so we play, right? But how did go. we all collectively as a people learn how to play? You shut up and watch. Yeah. And you listen. Because no one and, will and teach you. Right? You have to earn the spot at the table. One so the same way thousand. that I did that with spades and dominoes, I learned how to do that with D&D. I Let's sat there and go. I watched and I asked questions and I read the books and all that, right? And when I was like maybe 12, turning 13, the dungeon master who was like my uncle's best friend was like, play this character. Let's see how you do. And I was already at a mature enough place in my life, maturity for D&D, but I digress, where I was able to actually get along with the game and I never stopped playing. I was DMing my own game by the time I was 16. And like, how did I even acquire the player's handbook? It fell off the back of a truck. Let's just say that, you know, like the universe, <laughs> what we gotta do, right? right. The universe <laughs> brought that book to you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, know, it's so funny that you had mentioned to um Frontside, no, y'all gotta come to Xbox because I was the same way. I was I was um Nintendo, PlayStation, and then once we got to the I guess I guess you could consider it at this point next gen, but everyone was like, Yo, Xbox Live, Xbox Live. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. am I really gonna make the switch? But that but now I'm back on I'm back on PlayStation, got my PlayStation five, so you know, I I had to make my return. I was just like yeah. I made the return at PS four, but I was Same. Xbox as well up until that point, mainly because to, to your point, they were like, "Yo, you got drama." All right, fine, fine, I'll I'll switch. But yeah, no Nintendo, PlayStation, yeah. <laughs> Same here. I grew up Nintendo high school. It was Nintendo and Xbox, and then of course the Game Boys and all that, right? Pokemon mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But with Xbox, I was like deep into like Morrowind, and I had hours and hours of info um, i love the elder scrolls games but then by the time halo became a thing it was a wrap and the xbox 360 and all that right Mm -hmm. but i had stopped playing once the ps4 came out and i switched and then i was like diehard like ps4 ps4 slim ps4 pro got the ps5 now you know yeah, I'd I'd have been the Jets to y'all Sharks because I was a PlayStation kid. That was that was when I switched. So I I was I was in sixty four though. Was strong. I was in I was in sixty four for forever because I like I had a Sega, but you no, know, my I have older brothers, so that was kind of more their system than mine. So I would like get I would get my Sonic in, and you know, and what was the game where but it was wait, two? Up, my nephew had a PS two and or, or a PS three. I don't know which one it was. But I always played with him Budokai Tenkaichi 2. Uh, I don't great. remember which What that a was game. That, that was PlayStation 2. That was PlayStation 2. That, that was, was PlayStation 2. Goated. Goated. Man, like when you could actually uh, like transform in battle, game change. Because, you know, you used to have to like play in base form and they'd be like, oh, I want to transform and then like quit the match. <laughs> and right. <pick> Super Saiyan. <laughs> and like, all right, man, I transformed down. <laughs> we all know eventually you want to be Super Saiyan. And, yeah, uh, fact. The Budokai games have Budokai such an Tenkaichi immense too. roster. Man, mm-hmm. Budokai Tenkaichi 2. They had, they had, they had fucking Kui on, <laughs> in the roster. <laughs> like, like, they how had about, everybody How in about there. in, um, I think it was Budokai 3 when, um, Oob was introduced. I was like, I was like, all right, the, the only, the only black character in the, in the game is the fastest one. I was like, all right, I'm yeah, he was out. I'm <laughs> he was <right>. out. <laughs> Yo, Oob he was, was I, I was, I was using Oob like crazy. So, I, nah, I love the Budokai games. Yeah, Budokai Tenkaichi 2 was definitely different. And you know what was so slept on? Because I, I, took, I took a roundabout way to get the PlayStation because I had Dreamcast for like a really long time. And I love Dreamcast. Dreamcast don't get his flowers. Like with the memory card going into the controller, Dreamcast does not get his flowers. <laughs> like Sonic Adventure, Power Stone. I, I, yo, Dreamcast was like my work. But then because I, I didn't really like 
this might be blasphemous for a PlayStation fan. I didn't really like PlayStation One because it froze a lot. Like it was glitchy as fuck. Like and I was just like, this isn't like my biggest thing. But PlayStation Two, that was when I was like, oh yeah, this is the system. Like this. But this I also is... feel like I also feel like it had a lot to do with what kind of games you were playing, right? That's true. Because like my my nephew had the PS One that came with the screen, the one that you could like take. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I used to play Contra. So like maybe Contra Legacy of War or something like that. Up up down down. Right. <laughs> <Contra code. laughs> like I think that that was the hardest game that we would play on that PlayStation. Right. Everything yeah, else was kind of like Tetris or whatever. So it wasn't asking for too much from the console compared to some of the. I feel like a lot of game developers were creating games that they weren't able to really give you what you wanted from the game until we got to that next gen console war kind of thing with the PS2. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yeah. Because uh, a lot of my friends, because uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, but I wouldn't consider myself like a football fan. Like I'm knowledgeable about football, and I follow it. I could talk to you about it in length. But it's like you know, I, I was never a Madden kid. I was always like NBA, like live, like yeah. pre even before 2K. But yeah, now that you said that, I'm thinking about it. It was Madden that I feel like froze a lot. And I guess back then that was a lot. Like you were putting a lot on that system, you know, <laughs> all them characters. Yeah, all them characters yeah. on the screen at the same time, especially if you playing two players and whatnot. So that that does make sense that like the solo player campaigns might be a bit more smooth. <laughs> right. Wow. Actually, a few years ago, I met the dude who's responsible for advocating for black characters in mm. the Madden games, Gordon Bellamy. And oh. I had heard, like, I had heard about him and I heard about the story and all that. And I was like, damn, like, it goes to show you how, like, you know, I think about my relationship with gaming back in the day and when I look for representation and I am nowhere near a football fan, but I played a lot of those games back in the day with my cousins and all that because of the fact that I felt like these were games with real people in it, mm -hmm. right? That were a reflection of the people around me. Mm -hmm. That's facts. Yeah. That's facts. Yeah, that's funny that you say that because like I'm thinking back to like super duper early football games and it definitely was like like the black characters were definitely like beige like they were really like it wasn't right. it wasn't a selection right. of like skin tones right come on <laughs> there was a point in, in um madden or maybe it was it was uh maybe it was ncaa but i remember and this was this was when i was in college in like 20 it was like 2011 2012 around that time but when you were creating um your character and if you wanted to give your your player dreads you couldn't if they were a quarterback or any other position if, oh, it was wow. like, if you were a running back you could give you could give them dreads but if you were any and i was just like man we're we're, we're on the next gen. racism baby right. <laughs> it's oh I was tight about that. I was tight. But, I was just like. <laughs> but if you played N64, you'd know that like WWF games. Man, you could. Yeah. So what? Next level. No Mercy? Man. WrestleMania <laughs> 2000? WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy. What was that? WCW versus NWO? Man, that, that's, that was, I was locked in. I was locked in. Yo, all of my 64. custom wrestlers look like they were in Terror Squad. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still yeah, waiting yeah. for an RPG like Skyrim that's going to allow me to give my guy a shape up. 
Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> they got all they got all the cuts for the white people, but they said they said they said there's a it's a period piece. Wasn't no shape ups back then. Nah, you're <laughs> right. They said you they got to be with, with no lineup. The Caesar Facts. with no lineup. Fact. Nah. Uh, what was the bull off of uh, Sam off of Smallville? Uh, Clark's black best friend at the worst. <laughs> Had the bowl, the bowl, the bowl lineup. It's like it's like we had to wait for Miles Morales for, for them to finally <laughs> give a video what? game character can a fresh I, cut. Can I tell y'all real quick about my Miles Morales story? Yes, yes please, please do. When I when I first played the game, and in the earliest part of the game, like literally the beginning, Miles is at his grandma's house, and his mom is in the kitchen cooking. And you can explore the house, mm-hmm. and you hear the music playing, and you see the food. And all of that, right? And I had just lost my mom recently. And having walked into that in the middle of a game, I I was crying, yo. I was Damn. done. I'm like, yo, like, when people say representation doesn't matter, I'm like, who are you fooling? It's because right. you ain't got much representation to begin with. Like, y'all it's ain't got our music, people y'all that ain't say got that. our music, <laughs> and y'all ain't got our culture. Because mm-hmm. when you put our culture and put it in a way like that, that was a love letter, yo, and a mm-hmm. long time coming. That was a that was a beautiful game. Yeah, you ever, they, uh, they're all they're all accustomed to to seeing stuff that's catered to them, right? And so, you know, of course, of course, you know that's the norm for them. So it's like, oh, they're, we don't need rep. Nah, 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 nah. You, you yeah, obviously, it's, it's the represented people. It's the represented people that say like, right. oh, representation's not that bad. Like, it's <laughs> right. a video. It's a video game. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. So then, Rafi, I gotta know because, like, obviously, your your taste in video games is super eclectic, and I love it. So, uh, without having to put too much thought into it, what are your top five favorite video games? Oh, this all question. Time? Okay, all right. Hands down, <laughs> Legend of Zelda: top, Ocarina of Time. Ah, oh, yes. great, forever yeah. thing. Great, you know, choice. replay value yeah. unlimited, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll also say Tetris, specifically Tetris Attack, because I okay. love. I love Paddle the Pond, yo. Um, Pokemon Crystal, definitive Ooh. for me. Definitely replay value for me. Sapphire um, was my favorite Pokemon game. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Sapphire. I love Sapphire. Oh, um, damn. So two that's more. three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Dungeons two more. and Dragons, definitely, right? So I'm be surprised um, if you didn't say that. <laughs> I was about to say, he lied to us earlier. No, d and uh, Because, you know, whenever people ask me what's my favorite game, I immediately jump into console. And I'm like, not tabletop. You know, D&D mm-hmm. is, is it for me, right? We'll, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, and if we're going to keep talking tabletop, Domino's, you know? Hey. I love Domino's. That's my game. Well, so. we, we are <laughs> total side tangent. We always get pet uh, cameos on here. So since your pet has made an appearance, oh yeah, because <laughs> my, to your pet. This is my, this is my Yorkie Coco. He's two years old and he's absolutely attached to me at the hip because Aww. he grew up during the pandemic with me. So oh, separation okay. anxiety over here. Pandemic baby, that's real. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> pandemic baby, yeah, that's that's mine's, a real thing. Mine's upstairs. She's uh. She's uh, with her with her aunt and mom. <laughs> now, if I if I leave him out the room, he'll break my door. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just barge through. <laughs> he barks. He barks a lot, but even if he's not barking, he's scratching and biting the wood. Mm, what was the scene off of uh, a white chicks when he broke into the bull crib and he locked the dog up and right. he was smashing into the door and he's <laughs> right. like oh he just does that <laughs> he, just does, he just does that till he falls asleep <laughs> 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 oh man 
But Rappy, what I want to do, stay staying on the video game theme of it, things, uh, we had kind of touched on uh, briefly because I'm a, I'm a sucker for a play on words. And I want to talk about the NYC gamer spelled G-A-Y-M-E-R-S. When you had told us about that during our uh, pre-call interview, I was over the moon. I was like, that's, a, that's an amazing name. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. So hats to that. So, so uh, if you could tell us about like your involvement on that more, you kind of touched on it uh, earlier in the conversation, just like, uh, I guess, what your mission statement is like what what your hopes and dreams and aspirations for it are like what what you guys are doing and if, if we want to make the announcement right now you know it's, it's, it's up to you it's up to you put your air horns here mikey let's see so you know first and foremost i can't take full credit for gamer like with a y because mm-hmm. it was definitely a community inspired like terminology right so to my knowledge gamer with a y originally started as a tag on online forums right Mm -hmm. because it was how lgbtq plus gamers right would link up right instead of it being like a gay forum it was like a gamer forum or gamer connect or whatever right um and we don't even got enough time to talk about this right now but would you believe it if i told you that gamer was actually in court a couple of times because there were folks who were trying to copyright it or claim or like tra- or like claim it as theirs and then you had community members that were fighting and saying like nah this is a open kind of like subcultural thing right it's open to oh, all yeah. so you know um i i have to name that because i'm someone who doesn't like to take credit right like but when it comes to nyc gamers nycg started off as a facebook group it was a community group that was originally intended to just connect people in nyc who are gamers you know, mostly cis gay men, cisgender gay men, and like let them know about events that are happening in nightlife. You know, like you'd go to a bar and there's a game night once a week and other stuff like that, right? Um, eventually, because of how small the community is, we all get to know each other, we hang out, we go to conventions, right? Um, it got to a point where we realized that there was so much more that we can do with our community if we organized. And this is a very <laughs> cropped version of the history and background of it but around 2018 we organized as nyc gamers and a huge part of our conceptualizing of the org was our name because we didn't know if we wanted to keep it because so many of us don't identify as gay but still want to feel included in the name and in the the mission so full transparency i'm up at pax east in boston with my with my people and it's like the end of the weekend. We're about to go to an after party and grab some drinks and we smoking and we having a good time. And hey. we just like shoot and brainstorming back and forth, different things, right? Mm-hmm. And here comes Robert. Robert's the treasurer of NYC Gamers, my best friend, right? And he's like, NYC Gamers, where the Y in gamers means you belong. Let's Lo- go. Love From it. one at one point we're high and drinking and and laughing and then at another point we're crying and we're like that's the one ain't you know the, ain't that the <laughs> best like when really yeah. dope shit hits you when you're high like that's right. the because you're just like I'm way too high to receive this information but it's amazing right. <laughs> high, high thoughts are 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 at a scale of one to zero either they're they're great or they're just the absolute worst right. thing and, and y'all and y'all landed on the great at us uh, facts and it's facts. and you know there's so many shout out to all of the gamer groups because there's so many gamer groups y'all like. Throughout the United States, you got Las Vegas gamers, Charlotte gamers, you know, Houston, I think Houston gamers still around San Francisco. You even got folks in Canada, Vancouver gamers, Toronto gamers. I, I heard that there was a Mexico gamer group, you know, like 
God bless it. London gamers. There's so many folks around the world that carry on that energy and they're either a nonprofit or they're just like a community group, right? Mm -hmm. Or a gathering. And there's millions of people around the world that identify as gamers worldwide. But NYC gamers was the first ones to coin the why gamers means you belong because we wanted to pioneer this ideology that you don't have to be a cisgender gay man to feel included and represented in the gamer community. Just like with the gay flag and with gay pride, it's inclusive of everyone who is within and surrounding the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. I love that. I love that. And me and Trav often say that uh, we always love when we just kind of have just like a natural synergy with our guests because it, it a it makes for an amazing conversation and also b makes our jobs a lot easier because we don't have to like queue up like the next topic <laughs> so you had mentioned uh that you know being the first and pioneering something so i think that's kind of like a perfect lead-in so you have an announcement to make about another first uh, a pioneering event if you will <laughs> yeah thank you i mean you know I'm still taking it all in, but I'm really glad to announce that NYC Gamers this year, we're going to be hosting NYC Pride's first official gamer with a Y Pride event, right? So Gamer Pride, right? So Gamer Pride is happening on Sunday, June 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. at Samsung 837 in Lower Manhattan, right? I think in the Meatpacking District, this is like near Chelsea. Um, and then it's going to be followed by a VIP after party in Chelsea. But Gamer Pride is a free event open to everyone. We're going to be taking over two floors of the Samsung headquarters. You know, there's going to humble stunt, humble of, stunt. It's going to be like consoles, different consoles and like play areas where you get to have fun playing games that you enjoy Mario Kart, Smash Bros, etc but also get to meet people in the community and get to make new friends and rekindle old ones acknowledging that uh, for a lot of us we're still coming out of a pandemic you know, mm-hmm. so Gamer Pride is a love letter to our community to let them know that NYC Gamers survived the pandemic it was through the pandemic that we got our registration as a nonprofit. we got our 501c3 where we're tax exempt, you know, um, and we were able to build a relationship with the NYC Pride organization, and they gave us a grant to be able to host this event, to make this event happen. And then we reached out to Samsung and they gave us a grant. And, you know, like it's it's still so much the process, right? Because y'all know how it is. It's not a lot. It's not a lot to work with, but what they give us keeps the lights on for another fiscal year. And a majority of it goes not only into this event, but to future events that we're doing with and for the community. So for folks who are interested, again, Gamer Pride is Sunday, June 18th from 12 to 6 at Samsung 837. For more info, check this out. Go to our website, gamers with a Y, gamers.nyc. Mikey, we need air horns, we need confetti sounds, we need cheers and applause, all that. And I think the biggest thing that's just like so important is just that the the community that that you're building and especially within the the gaming industry because you know, as 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 minorities growing up, you know, we playing online. It it just felt it felt so toxic at times with mm-hmm. just what people would say to you, not even knowing who you are. You're just like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm whooping your ass in this game. 
don't mean you gotta you know take personal attacks at me but just play better right right (laughs) (laughs) exactly like hey it's not my fault you ass but (laughs) right hop hop offline get your levels up with some npcs like and then go back (laughs) i can't play overwatch without getting harassed and that's on that's on the constant you know so i feel you there I, not even a week or two ago, because I, I play a lot of Diablo 4 now with my friend group, right? Uh-huh. But like a week or two ago, we were playing Overwatch, and I had gotten a play of the game with Junkrat, who's my main. And I think I had, I we were on like, for, for anyone who like knows the maps, right? I We were on like Route 66, I think the map is called. I always forget the number. And I'm on top of a roof hiding, and they had just taken out my other four like players, right? My team. And mm-hmm. I use my ult, and the tire goes from on top of the roof and lands right on top of them as soon as they had just gotten the payload to the objective. So I had a team kill, and it was a quintuple. And the way that they were Jeez. all harassing me, at first, it was playful banter, because they're like, oh, F you, you know, you wallet, da-da-da. But then it comes out with the homophobic slurs, mm-hmm. and a racial slur got thrown in there. And I feel a type of way, because I'm like, first of all, how do you know? Secondly, like, really? why do you care? Like, <laughs> right, like, really? That's that's how butter. That's that's how salty y'all got, right? And what would and what would your advice be to somebody who maybe isn't as confident as you are to be able to be like, hey, I just fucked you up in this game. You can keep throwing whatever insult you want at me. It doesn't matter. I'm I still hey, got that we can, w. We, we can restart, and I'm gonna still right. come out victorious, but. How like how would you approach somebody who it actually is really affecting them to the point where like they can't even enjoy the game anymore because they don't feel welcome and they feel as if they're just going to be attacked no matter what the outcome is or or maybe not even feel like they can play with these people but it's for what has always you know they've tried to like the gaming community is always oh we welcome we welcome all you know come on come all when like that really hasn't been the case for mm-hmm. when we've grown up so in right. a long way away what what would be your advice to somebody who's like ah, I, you know i don't know if i want to go online anymore right you know i think a lot of when i think about the gaming community and when i think about gaming in general i often relate it to a restaurant experience right because it kind of lands the plane a little bit more with mm-hmm. what we're talking about here, right? And I encourage game developers to treat their games like restaurants, right? And the content of the game is the menu. And you say that the game is for everyone, but you need to make sure that your menu is 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 mindful enough of people with allergies, right? With folks who mm. maybe need a braille menu or, or, or a menu that's multilingual, right? And like, what about for folks who are vegetarian and have other dietary restrictions? Because that's what culture is. That's what identity and that's what accessibility is, right? Neurodivergence, mm-hmm. like, like you can go in depth in that metaphor, right? But then when it comes to people who experience online harassment and gaming related violence, right? It's like, first of all, hold the people who run the restaurant accountable, right? So, like, it's easy to... And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Like, please, protect your energy. Practice Mm -hmm. self-care. If you need to take a step back from the game, do that. But don't be afraid to utilize the tools that are available to report people on what they're doing. Because even even if the developers don't have the capacity to do something about it right then and there... It's still data that can be collected so that at the end of the fiscal year, 
they can see an increase in reports of online harassment and maybe that'll have their stakeholders take it a little bit more seriously and that's how people start getting delegated and hired to address issues like harassment in the chat and like the filters and what does that look like and all that you know you can take that to twitch you can take that to social media you can take that to any part of your life reporting is so important right and my last piece of like advice that i would share especially for someone who's not as confident in being able to like clap back or say like take the l da, 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 right mm -hmm. is game with friends and if you don't mm. have an immediate group of people to game with find that community go online you know i promise you that you're not alone and there's so many groups like nyc gamers and there's gamer groups outside of just that subculture right where you can link up with people and say hey I like playing Overwatch and I'm looking for a group of people to play with. Would anyone like to play? I'm looking for a clan to join for Diablo. I'm looking to start a new D&D campaign. Is anyone playing Magic this Friday, etc.? Play with people who come from intersecting backgrounds or lived experiences so that when the harassment happens, it's collective and you have a support system to be there with you. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's super important because you know, it, it's it's already life is already tough especially navigating through this world and when you're supposed to go to a creative re release and you can't even enjoy that then you you feel lost and that's the one thing that you know it's important to you know to express and can like we're not alone you know it's there's there's somebody out there's there's not just somebody there's a whole community out there that is like hey you know what come on come in let's 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 you know we we enjoy the same shit without we're, we're just having fun with it you right. know, so no, I think, I, I, and I and and the the NYC Gamers event is like almost an amalgamation of it all, where it's just like everybody come in and let's let's, let's fucking ball, <laughs> right? Fucking you know, ball. And, <laughs> you know, in the past we tried doing different variations of Gamer Pride, right? Where mm -hmm. we would do what we would call the Pride School Festival (PSF), right? And that was our annual event. It was virtual at one point. It was in person before the pandemic. But basically, it was an event space where we would have games for folks to play. But we'd also have special guests that would do interviews. And we would have panel discussions. And at one point, we tried producing an esports thing, right? Mm -hmm. And what we learned from all of these experiences is that there is so much to tackle and so much to take on. And for folks who aren't familiar with nonprofit work, ain't none of us paid for it you know i'm the president <laughs> and co-founder it is literally illegal for me to get paid to do anything in service of nyc gamers right because i do this as a charity for a charitable organization right now i do independent work where i moonlight outside of my day job as a consultant right and i do work independently of that and i use that consultation work as a way to fundraise and fundraise for NYC gamers, right? I use my platform, like this podcast, for example. Thanks again for having me, you know? Thank you for but being here. But the fact here. of the matter is, <laughs> we, we can't keep the lights on and this organization wouldn't exist if it wasn't for donors, if it wasn't for community members that bought our merch, that went to our events. Even if they broke and they literally just show up to play a game and leave, that's a number for us because then we're able to take that to major organizations to say, listen, this is how many people we got on our Discord. This is how many people went to our events. And this is how many people stayed and they played this game and they did that and da 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 da. And with your support, 
this is where we can get to next. So that's my goal as president of NYC Gamers, you know? With a dollar and a dream, I'm out here uplifting our community and trying my very best to center the most marginalized of our people, you know? On Juneteenth, I was invited by Gaming Magazine, Gaming with a Y Magazine, to host a Juneteenth panel that I curate called State Your... (laughs) I didn't even tell y'all about this. Uh, My panel's called State... Tell us now! (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's called Stay Wind Woke, like the Wind Waker, Mm. right? So Stay Wind Woke, and it's about addressing representation in gaming communities. And I use this as an opportunity to reach out to folks who are Black, trans, non-binary, etc., and say, like, listen, I'm not here for you to tell, you know, cisgender, straight, white people you know about the strife and the struggle of being a black trans gamer and this i'm here to celebrate us and that's what juneteenth to me is all about so i'm really appreciative that gaming magazine is giving me this hour to invite folks from our community so that i could be like hey what games are you playing and Mm -hmm. how's that benefiting your self-care and your your community care and wellness you know what are you looking forward to what are you up to so that we can uplift that that Mm -hmm. to me is what nyc gamers is all about we want to be that hub for folks to feel like they they do belong without feeling like a statistic, without feeling like they're being a social climb, without feeling like they have to work twice as hard to get even half of a of an output or outcome out of it. And it's not easy, but I'm doing it. Right, but uh, look, that, at a high that level, work means <laughs> right. Like there could, you know, how you know corporate companies will will throw. A pride flag over their logo or turn their logo and 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 it's all it's all sometimes just to to check a box check a box (laughs) and what you're doing is authentic and real and that is gonna go it's gonna it's gonna save lives like people like the and the the big thing that that is important that you continue to mention is self-care because like you said you know obviously you know we can um, we want to, you know, be there for pe- for everyone that's talk that has that's going through the struggles and everything. But and but also too, it's important. Like, hey, what can we do to also lift you up? We're gonna we can also support and be there for you, and we also want to lift you up. We also want to be able to let let's let's bring in things into your life that are gonna get you to the person that you that you want to be, and also to just be yourself in this world. Like, and and don't feel as if that you have to. Uh, put on a, a, a facade because you just want to blend in to make it. Nah, fuck that. Right. Like, like you can be successful however you are, and and I think that's just the the uplifting and like I always say, self care is key. My mantra is hydrate and exfoliate. And you know, so uh, listen, you gotta you gotta <laughs> take care of your mentals. <laughs> you gotta take care of everything. Like right, it's right, it's right. it's important. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and and it's on on top of that, in Ravi, when you you are uh, amazingly spoken, and I just want to uh, highlight <laughs> you, you and your gifts and everything that you have going on, because like I I will say, and this isn't even me like hyping you up for the podcast, that uh restaurant metaphor, maybe the best explanation of like just like bullying or hate or just like not being inclusive I've ever heard in my life, like that blew me away like that was <laughs> that was amazing because it's like that was such a palatable explanation because i feel like a big problem that we have you know as as my as minorities is uh it's it's hard to communicate 
not being seen or not being like understood or feeling like you have a voice to somebody who's never had that problem. Mm-hmm. And like that example that you just did, which is now on the airways, which is going to live forever. I feel like anybody can get that. Everybody's ate at restaurants, like whatever your right. creed or sexual orientation or what you identify. Everybody's been to a restaurant. Everybody's gone to a place where it's like, oh, I would love to have that, but it got peanuts in it. Shit. Can't can't eat it. Wish wish right. I could. And I, I love what you were saying. Oh, go ahead. I don't I don't I don't waste too much of my time caring about white tears and I say that real <laughs> I got some right there with you, you know? But I got so much I got so much love and appreciation to aspiring allies who acknowledge mm-hmm. that allyship is an action verb and not an identity, right? Like the folks Bars. who are really out there, folks who are cisgender, folks who are male identified, folks who are able bodied, who are older adults, you know, folks who utilize their proximity to privilege or their privilege to be able to uplift underserved and marginalized folks and acknowledge that the equity and the inclusion of marginalized communities doesn't equal the erasure to your existence and your ability to eat, to access the restaurant. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where a lot of that comes from. It comes from the fear of a loss of, of, of belonging, right? Because when you grow up, feeling entitled to the table and then suddenly the table goes from 10 chairs to just one that maybe you can put a reservation down for and all that right you have this fear of of someday having to learn what you think starving is right and Dang, suddenly you, you just fucking me up right? like, <laughs> because i'm like i was born hungry and you over here trying to protect yourself from ever having like, to live I can't in even the fathom the thought of it. Shit. Like, you know, and I'm like, well, we wouldn't have this problem if y'all weren't so damn racist and problematic to begin with. So how about instead of internalizing that, why don't you redirect that towards restaurant owners, towards game developers and game designers mm-hmm. and folks who are the, the key holders and the gatekeepers and be like, hey, how are you building these things to make sure that I and these communities are being thought of and intended from the jump, from the get-go, from the foundation, so that we don't have to do what y'all think is political, you know, you know, PC and da 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 cultural. What are, what do they call it? Um, culture wars or whatever, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> and and they don't realize either that like, listen, life is gonna be better if you let us in. Like, like the some of the, the most creative we gonna, we gonna best get in regardless. Like, yeah, like and, my, and whether you like it or crook, not, baby, we gonna be here. And I'd, look, um, I'd be scared too if you know a majority of the best motor combat players in the world got melanin. Mortal Kombat Black, baby, you about to take off. <laughs> but I, w- I wanted to uh, go back right with something that you had just said about you know being an ally, being a an, an action word as opposed to just like you know uh, a, a way to check a box, like me and Trevor saying because you know we we talk black boxes eggs, right. Like I posted four black squares after George Floyd died. Like, I was I was four <laughs> times as progressive, like shit like that. But me and Trav have talked about before in a previous podcast that we've done together. You know, like. Uh, homosexuality I'm sorry not homosexuality um, being like uh, what's the word I'm looking for I just had a whole brain blank but say it I just lost it I just literally just lost the word 
It's uh, all but good. Be, oh, I'm sorry. I got it back. I got it back. We've talked about uh, being homophobic, like in the black community or just in minorities, like how like it just runs so rampant. Like it's just like it's just really mm-hmm. just like uh, a disease. Like it's really bad. And we've talked about, you know, as black men who identify as straight, like we just don't understand, you know, other minorities who are just like so put off by someone's sexual orientation. It's just like this doesn't affect you at all. Like it literally doesn't mess up your money. It don't mess up your life. Like it's 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 just it's, we just don't understand it. And you know, some of my closest friends, you know, are members of the LGBTQ community and whatnot. So it's just like I don't get it. That's not my story. We don't perpetuate it. And you know, we love having you here. You know, being part of that community. And I guess my question, what I want to ask, you know, being someone who identifies as straight, you know, wanting to put, you know, my support into action and not just words. In terms of bringing it back to like gaming, you know, I would imagine like the gamers and stuff like I'm sure that you guys have conversations with, you know, your village about, you know, like gaming etiquette and like, you know, things that you shouldn't shouldn't do or shouldn't say or shouldn't engage with like while you're, you know, in that online headspace. Would you feel as someone who has boots on the ground that uh, I'm going to bunny quote for the people who aren't going to be watching this visually? Uh, Would you feel that it's more powerful for like the 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 straight gamers to be the ones who are like vocally saying like hey that's not okay and like trying to push that out to more people or members in the LGBTQ community are saying like yo like this this isn't how we game like it's it's a video game that we all love why can't that be the commonality versus like who I love outside this game so or maybe if it's a team effort but do you feel like, you know, you guys with the gamers being able to like have like these, you know, forums and uh, panels and stuff like expression game etiquette? Is that the thing that's needed more right now in 2023? Or like I said, the 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 antagonizers on the other side of it speaking up. Is that something that you think is more valuable today? I love questions like this because this is yes. where I feel like you, y'all are dropping me on the Huey Freeman's like soapbox, right? Well, that's, just, like, that's why we're here, baby. Talk, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm listening to your question and I'm thinking about Kimberly Crenshaw, who's the person who coined the term intersex- uh, intersectionality, right? Where she talks to us about the importance of acknowledging the multitudes of a person's lived experience and acknowledging Mm. that someone's identity or lived experience isn't monolithic right and then you could like read up on your audrey lord right and she was talking about that she was like i as a black woman can't you know turn my head or be silent when the lesbian community is protesting something and they're looking for justice because I am a black lesbian woman, right? So any lesbian issues are my issues. They are inherently black issues because I am a black lesbian. And any women's rights issues are my issues and they are black issues and lesbian issues because I am a black lesbian woman. And like talking about that, I take all that I've learned from our ancestors and from our revolutionaries spoonful of honey grain of salt because not all of them were perfect it happens right but i take what i've learned and i apply that into my truth and in my journey and into what we teach at nyc gamers right how we're having these conversations so when i think about gaming i i tell folks i'm like listen it's important for you as an aspiring ally to ask yourself when you are the one who are it's when you're the one that's experiencing harassment or maybe you're someone who's playing against someone who's cheating or sabotaging your game, right? 
you want justice, right? Mm. And in order for you to get justice, sometimes you need a group of people to help you in reporting this person or holding them accountable. It's not just you by yourself. And expecting the community that's impacted most by the violence to be out there by themselves fighting for equity and justice, that's that's wild because you're expecting us to, to be survivors of violence and carry the emotional labor of overcoming it. Damn. And I, I, like I could talk about this forever. This is where you get that 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 black heroism complex, and that's why you got people built like Miranda Bailey on Grey's Anatomy carrying that show for eighteen seasons. You know, like <laughs> when does it stop? When does it stop? Right? Like it's wild. I mean, pick off. Piccolo, listen, <laughs> you know, like I can talk about this shit for eons, but I'm, we are tired. You know, I find this so ironic when white people call black folk lazy because I'm like, we're not lazy. We are exhausted, you know, and <laughs> y'all are lazy because we're waiting for y'all to do the work to finish what y'all started. So how are people who are in positions and I'm not even going to say that everyone is privileged. I must say, check your proximity to privilege, no matter mm. where you are in the matrix of oppression, check your proximity to it and ask yourself, what can I do to be a participant mm -hmm. in anti-oppression work, even at the risk of my own comfort? Because that fragility you feel, that discomfort you feel, it's temporary, it's fleeting. Imagine what it feels like for someone who's at the bottom of the barrel, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's kind of like my philosophy with all of that, especially when it comes to gaming, because it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, straight, gay, trans, etc. It does not matter because the one thing that connects all of us as humans across cultures, across years, decades, eons, right, is that we all play. Mm -hmm. Whether you're playing hand games on the playground, whether you're playing online on Twitch, whether you're playing with your grandkids, or you playing games, you playing politics, you playing this, you playing that, we all play. It is a form of communication. It is a language that is ever evolving. You know, it's as important to the human identity as science and mathematics and the other universal languages. So when folks want to be a disruption to that, I feel sorry for them. And I'm like, listen, you're going to have to either evolve with the rest of us or acknowledge that you are literally allying with <laughs> the former side of human history, with mm -hmm. the axis of power. Man, and I always say, too, to, to build off of, of what you're saying is like, I always say there's an art and there's a craft of listening and shutting up. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm never going to tell you, Rafi, if you're telling me about experience that you went through that I've never went through myself, like, well, I don't think you should feel that way. Who am I to say that? Like who, like if anything, like, well, Pity pop motherfucker. <laughs> if, <laughs> even though I, I've never experienced that I'm here to listen and, and for you to, to, to let me know, like what, what, what can we do to make sure that, you know, if I come across this in the future, now nah, this isn't going to happen. But and to what you were saying as well is like to the root of it all is that we all have the, the common interest of, of playing. And so it like first off, for most of the time when we're playing, I can't even see who's on the other side of right. because we're, we're <laughs> just we're just playing our digital characters. So what does it matter then who is actually controlling that character? Like mm -hmm. it, if if that person that you if it's a co-op and you're on a team and that person is getting all the kills and you're just sitting back, then 
all right, then we, we got the win. So what does everything else matter? It doesn't. Like and and if you both are are vibing and y'all have great chemistry, then y'all have great chemistry. Like that's that it's it should just be there. But yeah. some people just they they like you said are fragile and they and people fear not even just just change. This is just this is just the world. This is reality. This is us and it's important that that you know we can we i always say too that there are things in life that like bring people together despite their 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 differences and like one is is usually sports um and when people get angry with each other about sports it's because they're arguing about strangers that they're never gonna even ever meet in their life um but gaming also you know even though in the past it's been like i mean we're still getting it to this day but gaming is also something where it's like hey you know what yo let's just let's go online let's play mm-hmm. like and and we have to continue to spread that message because there's still those that come in with their toxic feelings and and their and their uh, uh fragility and it's just kind of like well you know this is not for you and as soon uh, hopefully you are going to be the minority in in this because all of us are not going to stand for that right yeah can i just say real quick can i just say real quick you know i think that it's and i don't say this to you directly right because i hold myself accountable to it too right i think that it's it's almost dismissive when we have these conversations and censor it around aspects of gaming where we don't even see the people who are playing with us right because mm-hmm. I feel like even though the harassment and and the violence still happens, I feel like that kind of gives that like, well, I don't see color energy that mm-hmm. we've internalized because of our shit, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I check myself on that on the constant because I think about like, all right, well, how do we address it when it's something that's so obvious that there's no looking back, right? So even in a game, like, I say Overwatch a lot because I play it often, right? Mm-hmm. So like even with Overwatch, their new campaign for June is that they gave everybody for free um, player icons with the pride flag and you got banners with the pride flag and all of that, right? And that's wonderful. But now this is what I think about. All right, does that mean that the moment that I put the non-binary flag as my player icon and the trans flag as my banner, does that mean that other people are able to see that and they could then use that to target me and to either Mm. spam me and harass me in the game where I'm playing a character that's constantly mm-hmm. being killed and they're literally sidewinding around my teammates because they're only targeting me, right? Is it because of that? Or am I being gaslit or what's going on, right? Right. And it happens in other games. In Dead by Daylight, they announced a gay character. And at first, everybody was talking about representation matters and that's so great. We have an openly gay character. And I'm over here like, I am not going to spend what little free time I have paying for a game to hate crime me because the moment that i play as an openly gay character and they murder me right right and suddenly i'm their obsession whether or not i'm mechanically their obsession or not and then you know you'll have people saying oh rafi you're overreacting and i'm like nigga how many times have i played dvd and i refuse to play claudette because they keep coming after the black woman and no it's not because she's a healer it's because she's a black woman. Right. Yeah. Like they, you, we need to start thinking like the people who are on the other side of this. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are a lot of hateful people who are literally taking the time out of their day to cause harm to other people, so that we don't feel 
safe in these gaming spaces, you know? And it's important to address that shit, that even at the risk of increasing diversity and representation and all that, we got to think, how are we making these spaces more, like, you know, more intentionally safe for mm-hmm. folks who are at risk the moment that our our assumed equality and representation and all that is to kind of, like, turn the lights on, to to kind of, like, say, like, hey, you know, we're diverse because we're giving you a way to kind of come out the virtual closet, if that makes sense. Mmm. Mortals, listen up. It's your god of destruction, Beerus, here. Subscribe and follow the Dragon Ball for Life podcast, or else you shall be erased from existence. Hakai. No, I love that. And that's important that you say that because I need like thinking about that. And yeah, because you're right. Because there's a lot of hateful people out there. They're gonna see that and be like, oh wait, oh, like they're gonna talk in their own groups. Let's let's go for that. Let's. And that's still even though it's not even though it's a quote unquote video game, you're still targeting somebody. Yeah, you're still that's- you're still hurting their experience playing the game because you're playing it a different way because you see the Abby. And you're not playing it in a way that this is just my opponent. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm targeting this specific player mm-hmm. on the team. And right. so, yeah, no, that's no, that's a very good point. No, definitely. even when you're playing a game like um, Diablo Four, where it's MMORPG, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder if in the first few weeks we're gonna start hearing what we hear in a bunch of other games where there's character creation. And shout out to the team behind character creation. Because I love the hair textures. I love the options, right? Not the best, not the most diverse, but I like it. You know, we're getting somewhere with it. Right. And I wonder how many folks are going to have issues playing PvP or getting into clans because they're playing a larger bodied person like a druid or they're playing a dark skinned person with this kind of hair texture or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because we like to think that, oh, well, you know, these are characters, they, they, they aren't experiencing things that happen to us in real life. When in fact, it's like, yeah, they are. And we don't have enough time to talk about it, but there is such thing as virtual blackface. And I can't stress how often that happens on social media as much as in video games. Big facts, big facts, big facts, and it kind. Of, I'm, I'm like super duper loving this conversation, by the way, because <laughs> it's like we had kind of touched on at the beginning of the conversation. You know, like your your origin star, uh, story, Raffi, like it mirrors me and Travs in terms of you know, like Kendra spirits and what you just said, kind of perfectly uh, cues up a question that I was uh, looking to ask because you know me and Trav have had this conversation. We uh, we often reference the Rooney rule in terms of sports, in terms of, you know, like that uh, sports teams have to interview a black candidate for certain positions in the in the front office. And, you know, we talk about, you know, inclusivity and representation. And I'm loving what you had just said about, you know, like, oh, now that I'm using the the, the pride banner, like, is that like a light shine on me, like a negative light? And you kind of touched on, but I kind of want to like stick with that. Are there times or what is your take on like? when cinema or video games like do include like a gay or queer character do you get that sense of like we got one or is just like oh you're pandering to me like and it's just like because because i say all the time 
I hate when shows make a character gay just to say they made a character gay. Like it doesn't affect the character's arc or trajectory or like development as a character. It's just like, oh, this is a character. They have a love interest like they they'll like have that one line where they like mention like, yeah, you know, I went on a date with a guy the other day. And that's like the only mention of that person being gay and like the whole thing. And it's just like. As minorities, I'm constantly at odds with myself, like, do I take the win because we get so few and far in between or do I call bullshit? Because it's like (laughs) I know some fuck shit when I see it. (laughs) And I just wonder, like, what your take on that is. So I'm going to start by saying this, okay? A huge segue, but hear me out. I'm no, we here. Look, we are the king of tangents right? here. <laughs> no, I, I have a tangent. Look, like, you, you are in here, the right, right place. So, me, so I, I deviate and I side quest, but I get back to the main road. I promise. I love it. Right? That's, that's, that's okay. video yeah, games, always, baby. That's video games. I always like going on the side quest to level <laughs> right. up. Hell that's yeah. ADHD 101. Go for all the side quests. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I saw the trailer of The Color Purple recently, right? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't read the books since high school. Right. And I had read it several times in my life, but high school, like junior year was the last time I picked up the book. And then I've seen the original film and all that. Right. So I decided, you know, let me get back into the book. And I downloaded the audio book because I ain't got time right now. I'd be working and shit. Right. <laughs> and I'm busy to it. Right. And I'm, I'm quote unquote reading the book through a new lens, through a 32-year-old Rafi lens. And I'm picking up on stuff that I didn't catch when I was younger, right? And I'm on forums and Reddit and Twitch and Twitter and like all these things, right? And I'm talking to other folks about it. And a friend of mine is like, yeah, it's so unfortunate that Alice Walker, the author of the book, was so problematic. And I was like, well, whoa, 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 what the fuck do you mean Alice? And they're like, no, she's like iconic for being transphobic. She's a turf. Mm. And she was like defending J.K. Rowling. Mm. And I'm like, you know, and, and like at first it took me a moment and I'm like, I'm honestly not fucking surprised. But the reason why I bring this up is because this is what I mean when I talk about the multitudes, right? And you got to take everything with a spoonful of honey and a, and a grain of salt. You can appreciate someone for the impact that they've had on your self-care and sustainability on your representation on your things while still holding them accountable for being shitty and if you want proof of that let's start with him because i could talk about my history with my parents with my siblings with my uncles with my aunties i could hold them accountable and say just because i love you doesn't mean i can't stand you you know and just because i love you doesn't mean i can't hold you accountable right so i do so i have the same mentality when i'm thinking about you know, representation in the media and gaming. For example, Voldemort, right? No, not Voldemort, Dumbledore. Yeah. It wasn't until after the the release of the original book that J.K. Rowling was like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. And yet we had no context. There was no expression of it. And even in the newer movies, it was like... It's it's hinted at. It was a poor poor representation of it. And it did nothing for the character. The character could have been asexual. And it literally would have done nothing for the story. Because it's not giving depth to the character and their growth and development and their relationships, etc. Right? That, to me, is performative. If anything, it's funny you say that because Dumbledore reads to me as asexual. Like, I don't like... That's how he reads to me in the movies and and the books. Thank you for saying that because (laughs) that was my first interpretation of Dumbledore. But I digress, right? Then let's look at Miles Morales. Let's look at the 
um, the Spider-Verse movies, right? I don't yeah. want to spoil anything for folks who haven't watched I, the I just movie, saw it, right? so, but I'm, Trap ain't seen it. see it tomorrow, So good. I'm not so going to spoil good. anything, I promise. But I'll say this. In the past week that the movie's been out, on Twitter, all I've been seeing on my feed is folks who are speculating that's, um, that Spider-Woman, Gwen, Gwen Stacy, yeah, Gwen. Spider-Gwen, that she's trans, right? And at first it comes off as fan, like fan casting, right? Like headcanon kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they start doing game film theory, right? Like MadPat, like game theory, film theory kind of stuff. And they start looking at the some of the quotes that come out of the first movie and the second one. And some of the stuff that you see in the back story and the lighting and the intention behind some animation. Mm-hmm. And it puts you in a place where you're like, you know, whether or not she's trans, right, is less important than the impact that the possibility has on the community. And that's where I'm like, damn, I hope that they, I hope they make it canonical. I think it would be so beautiful to see this character come out as trans and see what that relationship does with Miles and with other folks and how do we play that out, right? Because you're already seeing an intention and you're already seeing a connection within the community that works. With it, where mm-hmm. it does give depth and it gives more breath to this character. That to me doesn't feel performative. That to me feels authentic as hell, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's it's what like, I want to see more of. Because yeah. it's like, it's all about like good, like good storytelling, you know? Like, it's, yeah. they don't, if you have a great story, you can still figure out ways that it works for your characters and like you know whenever we see um superhero movies that or or other um shows in general where they're like oh we're just gonna we're just gonna recast with with minorities playing like the same roles or it's like well why don't we just like why can't we just create our own story that makes sense instead of trying to reinvent the wheel but just place people that look like this that identify us in the same storyline like that doesn't like sometimes it just doesn't from a fan standpoint make sense well, so well, I, I, I want to like lovingly argue that too because I feel like so many of these superheroes that we grew up loving we have to learn to also check our attachment style to them right because a lot of us are online defending something that's been around before our time and like we're not holding space for the next generation of kids that are looking up to them right so like i grew up loving peter parker and and my peter parker was white and like my spider-man was white i didn't have the option of a black spider-man right but not only do i now have the option of a black spider-man but he's black and puerto rican i'm like if i had that body that <laughs> was me, me. Right? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, now i feel like he's in my neighborhood and not just in fucking forest hills or some bullshit in queens right like i feel like that's my friendly neighborhood spider-man i love that and i see my nephew in that and i see and, and that's where i feel like representation is important and yeah i think it's totally okay for certain superheroes and fictional characters to be recasted with other races and ethnicities and sexualities and genders have at you. But what is the what is the context behind it? Give yeah. me the storytelling, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Someone like Superman, that works. You can make Superman anything you want because his backstory does not change 
Yeah. Regardless of what <laughs> Kryptonians look like, right, you he's can an alien. He's an alien. <laughs> he's not like even a human. Japan, <laughs> and then a baby lands in Smallville, and Superman is Asian, and boom, it has nothing to do, right? But then, are you going to acknowledge in this Asian variant Superman the fact that Asian related hate violence exists? And Superman is existing in a world where not only is he experiencing xenophobia, but he's also experiencing anti-Asian hate violence because mm. you are putting him in a fictional world where that exists. Mm. Like, mm. like this, this is the like this is the, the depth that I need. I think that Marvel mm. did a really good job of that with um, Captain America and the passing of the baton to, so to Sam. Uh, yeah, Sam. to Sam, right? Sam. They did an excellent job of that. I, I still feel like there's room for growth and I just, I'm exhausted, you know? But <laughs> <laughs> but I think they did a pretty good job with what they had to work with, you know, within that military yeah. dynamic, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and look, lovingly argue I love that's my that's my new favorite because no because that's like no that's like a really good point because I take a step back and think about that because you're right like we have that attachment because that's what that's what like we grew up on but as you know once I get to the point when when I have uh kids and and I may and they and that's their superhero I'm probably gonna be like shit like Right. I, like that's dope. Like why could I, why did I have like some that sort of like super figure to to look up to? Because I was just thinking about like I mean like Matt and I always joke about how like the the lack of of black characters in Dragon Ball Z, and I'm just like taken back how that was like my gateway anime, and I'm just thinking like if there was like a black Super Saiyan or something like that, that was like something that I could I'm like oh. You talk about you bought <laughs> that's my favorite. Worth of, <laughs> that's my of, favorite of Harry Potter gear. I would, yeah, like that. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be buying stuff for myself before my kids. But even, even if he was a villain, even if he lost, yeah. right? Yeah, fight, exactly. Yeah, even if he, mm-hmm. he could have been, he could have been Krillin. He could have been like he could have been any of them, and he would have been our favorite because that would have been our entire personality because of how <laughs> yes. lacking black representation is, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you kind of said something that kind of made a, a question kind of pop into my head. Like if if we would all like close our eyes and like be in a perfect world where inclusion is just that's the norm. Like that's just mm-hmm. what it is. Like we don't have any outliers. We don't have any bigotry or hate or exclusion. Like it's just basic human decency, which is kind of like to my core, the only thing that really matters, like just basic human decency. There's just some shit that you just don't do to people. Whether you like them or not, there's just some things you just don't do or don't say. Does that version of like perfect inclusion? Because I love the reference that you made about you know Gwen Stacy, like because I know exactly what scenes you're talking about, like with the with her pastel colors in the background and you know like conflicting identity crisis and whatnot. Uh, would the perfect version look like that, where it's like, hey, there are subtle undertones that, like you were saying, the idea that she could be trans is stronger because it's like it's hope. Like it's, and that's what everybody wants. Like it's hope, something that I can hold on to. Like sometimes the mystery is better than the answer. Like sometimes the speculation, the the journey is better than you know the destination. Would perfect inclusion be a world where, whether it's media or gaming, is that the differences don't matter anymore because we're all just together? Or it's like, oh, I see your differences, and that's okay. So it's just like. Just to use, you know, what we're talking about, you know, you know, like queer gamers and stuff. It's like, oh, like 
I see you're queer doesn't matter or I see you're queer and I accept it. Like what 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 do, what are we striving for? Like what what's the end game? My end game is I see your differences and I love that for us. Ooh. You know? Ooh. Because my theory is right. He made it, he think about one, it. He made the my, remix a hot a hotter song. I love that. <laughs> you know, no, no, you and y'all inspire it, you know? But like that's that's my philosophy in life because I have this wild theory. This is where we start. Where's my where's my kufi? Like where's my hat? You know, like let me let you know let me about, about to get your job right on. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. like, my my philosophy, my grand wild ideology is that if we lived in a world where there was the decolonization and destabilization of white supremacy and colonialism, right? Which once you get rid of that, you get rid of all of the sub products and parodies of that. That means no more sexism, no more ableism, no more transphobia, homophobia, all of that, right? Once you destabilize and decolonize all of that, what's left is a celebration of differences. And then the people who finally relinquished their attachment to the illusion of whiteness, they mm. finally are liberated from their own shackles and they are able to do something that will only promote further diversity. They'll be able to find their true selves. They'll be able to reconnect with their ancestors and their cultures, and they'll be able to bring something new to the new table, you know? And I'm looking forward to that. I want to know what does, what, what can a white person bring to the table once they destabilize whiteness and what's left is the values that connects with the spectrum of humanity and who we are without Damn. the need for power and oppression. Ain't that a bitch? You know, like, <laughs> like that's what I'm waiting for. And that's what I want because we're seeing it now. We're seeing it now. How many white kids go to my nephew's birthday party, sees Miles Morales, and it's like, that's Spider-Man. And that's my favorite Spider-Man. And that's not disrupting their privilege in any way, shape, or form. That's still a little white kid. And their daddy's still white, and they still get, they're still going to grow up in a world that favors them, even if they're ignorant of it at this time, at the age of eight. But they're in a generation where they're exposed to it at an earlier age, so it becomes normalized. And there's room for healthier conversations around pronouns and gender and all these beautiful things that has a person who is growing up in this world say, hmm, what is it about me that needs to come out of this conformist box? What is it about me mm -hmm. that I can celebrate without feeling like I'm in this attachment to these systems of oppression that cause harm to the people that I grew up celebrating and and identifying with, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's that, and yes. I think too, like thinking about that as well is normalizing it early and also forcing the the parents to have to if you're bringing if you're if the story what like you said has depth and is able to bring in these different themes and that can expose these these kids early but they're like i still love spider-man and it'll allow them to like all right look you thought you were gonna have this conversation about these topics until they were in high school and in or, or here or maybe like if they were getting bullied about no 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 no. they admire love this character the same way that you loved that same character who might have looked a different way but you are now this is the, this is the new generation and and i think too like it'll it'll help then 
have these conversations brought up at a time where, you know, because kids, they're like your your mind is really like molding and you really soak in information that especially from people that you love and respect at an early age. And I think that finding creative ways to really like, you know, filter in um, all these different things like early. I think that's great because, you know, I think yeah. that it allow that then, then it encourages um, the younger generation to be themselves at an earlier age. Like, don't feel as if like I, I always, um, you know, I always like laugh at people that um, get mad at, at D Wade for how he's parent. Uh, he's parented uh, his children. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love it. I love the the way that he's embraced uh, Zaya. Like I, I think that's. Nice. I think more parents should look at that and be like, "Hey," because like, well, no, they're, they're too young to know what they're. How, how do you know? How, like, they're trying to tell you. They're trying like, "Hey," like, this, these are not my interests. Like in the same way that if my son were to come out to me and say, "Hey, Dad, I like basketball." It wouldn't be a problem for you to say, you oh, like I'm gonna football. Go, I'm going to buy him a basketball, <laughs> buy him a like hoop, uh, take him to an NBA game. So, like, if, if they, you know, they come up with diff- with interest and say, like, oh, you know, I might be into other, you're going to, this this is what my kid is into. And I love my kid. So let's, let's embrace it. So I think, yeah, you know, I think that this just, and, and this is coming from someone who obviously doesn't have kids yet, but, you know, Matt has kids. Yeah. You have nephews that you said that, you know, are, are, this is their Spider-Man. And it's just, you know, just opened my eyes and just how, you know, we it's it's important to really uh, approach these conversations, but also to just encourage that, that, that sort of creativity and also just, hey, look, all superheroes, anyone, they can be anybody. Well, <laughs> Maddie said it, right? Like, and this is exactly how I would probably treat my kids when I have kids someday, right? If I had a kid that came out to me as trans, bi, gay, whatever, I feel like the first question I want to ask them is, how are we going to connect this to your backstory and to your character development, right? Like, I want to know, uh, you know, if, if I'm a parent or guardian and someone that is a part of your story, I want to make sure that I'm not just a side character or mm. a character that's being fr- like i want to be a part of your story because you're the main yeah. character of your story right and if this is a part of your truth if this is a part of your character development and all that i want to celebrate that i want to make sure that that's not just a footnote on spark notes i want to make sure mm. that there's that your multitudes are celebrated and that i'm a witness to that and i'm a participant in that in whatever ways you need or you ask for one thousand percent, and I, I want to. Oh no, go. Ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry, and just real quick, I, you know, I, I have these conversations a lot when it comes to talking about, like, Nina, when I'm talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm talking about like, you know, social justice being more intersectional, and like all the things, right? I'm like, listen, when we see LGBTQ plus, you know, movements and justice happening, when we see, you know like the uprising of like pro-Asian immigration equality, you know, um, the like, like all these beautiful movements that are happening around the world. Right. I want us as a black people to celebrate that and uplift that and acknowledge that the destabilization and decolonization of gender and ethnicity and colorism and ableism, this, these are literally the steps to reversing and undoing white supremacy and all its power, right? Because all of these different systems of oppression, they're all mapped out by our oppression. 
Mm. You know, like it was white supremacy that pioneered all of that. Everything else is a parody of it. So once we as a black community are accepting and supportive of trans people and disabled people and all these people, right? Then we are unifying in a way that's more equitable and destabilizes the power from white supremacy. You gotta this is RPG one oh one, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 loving it and Trey, both you and Ravi just kinda touched on something and I kinda wanna like put like a parental uh spin on it, but you Ravi, you just said something that like was super profound to me, you know, like when you say if you uh if you take away or you want to be in a world where like you want to see what would happen if you take away like the systemic like downtrodding that happens to our people. Like if you take that away from, you know, people of the fairer complexion for lack of a better term, <laughs> the white people, if you take that away, like what what do you got? Like what do they have? And to, to, to steal a move from you and take a side quest, I've had conversations like uh, I always find it very interesting with people who try to uh curate their own trauma because they're friends with people who have been through shit and they've never been through shit and they don't feel like they can contribute to the friend group like dang like i have a friend who lost a parent young or i have a friend who was you know uh abused as a child or i have a friend who was homeless or you know doesn't come from you know like wealth and here i am you're not even necessarily wealthy but just like better off so they don't feel like they have something to contribute like they're not worldly enough to be able to say like have these types of conversations because they don't have that that trauma so they start like manufacturing their pain and they might like put themselves in bad situations so now i have a story to tell so to to connect it to what you just said rafi i find that interesting and also connected what you just said trav i find it really interesting and kind of very thought-provoking if you do remove all that white supremacy from white people what are you then offering to your children what are you then teaching like what are you then putting out into the world because like you don't have that you know pedestal to stand on like what now you now you have to lean on like your value as a person like your morals your compass like how am i gonna like make the world a better place or leave the shit better than what i left it and i think that's such a crazy concept of of y'all saying like you know once that's gone, once like all the shackles of metaphorical, physical, spiritual, emotional that have been taken away, like what what are those interactions going to be like now? Because like now now you can't lean on the fact that you like had like a leg up on me and not even necessarily on like a, a racist standpoint. But like even if you just have the friends who just ain't been through the shit that you've been through, it's like it's not really like that shared life experience. But like you were saying, Trav, you know, having white kids look at miles and morales and say like oh that's my spider-man like even though it's not a black even though it's not a white spider-man maybe they know maybe for the next generation peter parker that's that's they obi-wan that's they cool mentor that's not they luke like that's like oh yeah peter parker yeah he helped miles like he wasn't like the focal point so yeah i, I think that's such a crazy kind of, i, I want to see that world now too like <laughs> i love that <laughs> metaphor because i feel sorry for kids i gotta grow up with ray and like this next generation of Star Wars, I'm like, oh, God, they're, they're gonna look. I, I'm 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 holding out hope that they're gonna do right by her with her solo movie. And even, I hope so it's not, too. It's not even necessarily because like I think I really just like Daisy Ridley. I don't think I like Ray. So I like I want her to win. Right. So it's like, right. They got to They got to do better. And Finn right. has to come back. They they owe him one. <laughs> they owe. They let's talk about someone who is owed their just 
desserts. They are owed their flowers. They're owed all the things, right? Facto, facto. And John, and John Boyega, that's the he's the man, yo. Like, cause he, right. he took he took him getting shafted out of those sequel movies like in stride. Like he didn't they bash need to be the careful movie. With him because if they don't do him right, oh, he's, facts. he's going to Marvel. There's no way. <laughs> look, especially with everything going on with the Kang controversy. I, look, I could see him taking John in major spot. He's not the one that replaces that. <laughs> Because apparently he's be. available. So look, look, <laughs> bring him in, bring him in. But that that would be great. But uh, man, what a, what a conversation! <laughs> what a, what a conversation! And right before before we start to like kind of get into like more like anime stuff, because me and Trav obviously want to pick your brain on just like your nerdum and everything, just like everything that we've talked about. And again, we we do these things to give flowers to people who deserve it and why they can receive them. Like, obviously, to help use our platform to, you know, uplift and inspire and, you know, get your voice heard by people who might not have heard it otherwise. But a question that I want to ask you, because, like, I, I wholeheartedly would put all my money on you. I, I like the way you talk, your knowledge on things like you just your take on everything. I can tell that you're going to make like major changes when it comes to like this type of representation in this space that hasn't been inclusive for people that look like us ever. Have you taken the time to sit down with yourself and allow that to sink in that like things that you're doing right now is going to be shit that's talked about generations from now? Like, hey, if it wasn't for Rafi and the NYC gamers, I wouldn't be able to hop online and not even think about bigotry. I don't even know what that word means because it's never been a thing. And it's because of like the foundation that you're laying. Like, have you ever, have you yet? Or has that thought crossed your mind that like, I'm working on something right now that is going to like echo through eternity to quote Gladiator. Don't know why that movie just popped in my head. (laughs) But it's like, because me and Trav have talked about this. Like, that's why we started this podcast. Like, we want to be the representation that we didn't have. Like we're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, facilitate not even a community. Cause it's like, I feel like that's putting ourselves in a box. Like, Oh, I want to make a community. Like, no, like I want to make this the norm. Like what we're doing, like the conversation that the three of us are having right now. Like, I don't want this to be the exception. I don't want this to be, you know, the tip of the spear. Like, I want this to be the whole fucking weapon. Like this, this should be what it was. So it's like, do you and like your team, like, do y'all sit and be like, yo, like, world changing shit is being discussed at this table right now like do you do you take do you feel that in your soul cuz i feel it i feel it for you man i feel it for you <laughs> you know today was a really heavy day for me because i'm literally a week and a half away from gamer pride and this is something that we've been planning for half a year now even longer right cuz it's a reoccurring thing this is our first year that it's an official pride event We wanted to go big. We wanted to do all these things. And we only really had a month to kind of land the plane on everything because we're broke. We can't do shit without funding. So we were promised, you know, sponsorships. And then we got to wait for them to open their purse, right? Mm, So, like, it's a lot of waiting and it's a lot of waiting. So, you know, I think about it when you ask this question because sometimes I feel like, Thinking about that for me is a privilege that I don't have right now because Mm. I'm so in it Mm. and I'm exhausted and I'm, you know, like I, 
I'm a product of the ballroom scene. I am a product of the community of the queer community in New York City and NYC nightlife. I know what it is to feel unhoused, to be unhoused. I know what it is to navigate sex work. I know what it is to battle with substance use. And, and I've been through my, my demons and my trials and tribulations, you know, to get to where I'm at today. I busted my ass to get to where I'm at today. And I'm only 32. It's only the beginning for me, right? And NYC Gamers for me is what I want to be my legacy. It's what I want to be Let's remembered go. by, right? And I want it to be this gift to the community so that the next generation has it a little bit easier, just a little mm. bit easier and feels just more, more belonging, right? They didn't have to fight so hard to find what I was lacking, what I needed and what I was looking for. But it's hard for me to sit on that when I'm over here trying to do great things and I'll have conversations with y'all and right off the bat, y'all are like, yo, that sounds important. Let's get that happening. And then you got people who are multimillionaires who hear the same thing, and it takes three weeks for them to bust a $5,000 check. You know? And I'm like, damn. You know, and, and, and y'all can give me all the excuses you want about logistics, and you have to, you know, get the, the yeses and nos from different channels, and da 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 da. That's fine for you. But the fact right. of the matter is you're investing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And unfortunately for you, oppression doesn't take time off, you know? So while, while y'all are taking y'all sweet time to follow through on your commitment to uplift marginalized communities through NYC gamers, who's committed to that through our mission, we still have community members that don't even know that gamer pride is happening right because we don't even have the funding the funding to buy palm cards to distribute at pride events you know what i mean and like it goes to show you how fucked up the system is and i'm not saying this to be ungrateful i'm not using this as an opportunity to like vent and go off i'm naming the truth and the reality yes, of what it is you know at one point i tried doing a podcast i did one episode and i stopped because as soon as I finished that episode and I published it, I realized, I was like, I don't think I have the mental health capacity to try to be Mr. Beast and Matt Pat and, you know, like all of these like media giants. I don't have the mental health capacity for Twitch. I can't stream for the life of me, you know? And for those who do, <laughs> we know that struggle. Right. And, and for those who do, don't stop. This is if this is your ministry and this is what you're made to do, if this is what y'all are doing, don't stop and let me know how I can amplify that through my ministry. And that's how we do it collectively, right? I don't have to be the one doing it. I can uplift those who are meant to do it. Right now where I'm at in my life, I feel like I'm so knee deep in the trenches that I just can't see what's the horizon. And I, I wanna you. get there. I'll let y'all know when that time arrives, no. you know? So I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy you said that because honestly, I I, can't, I I get that vibe from you. And me and Trav, you know, we just threw off our first cosplay party. Uh, it was like first of its kind in Philly, and it went exceeded our expectations. It went a lot better than what we had thought, and it's it's it got picked up for another one that we're doing close to Halloween and everything. But the reason why I wanted to ask you that question was because a uh, a uh, uh, issue. That me and Trav suffer from and it was it was it was told to us that whole night during the party is like you know like you just said like for me and Trav like this is this is what we want to do to a 
leave our mark on the world like plant that seed for the tree that we won't mm-hmm. see and then also this is what we want to do to quit our nine to five jobs so it's like we've put <laughs> the majority if not most of our eggs into this basket but because me and trav are so militant when it comes to you know like execution trav way more on the organiza- organizational side me more on like the scorched earth side <laughs> but we're so militant when it comes to you know like making sure that people know that this isn't just a hobby like no like we're really we we here like we do this in real life that we don't necessarily always appreciate our wins like when we pulled off that event me and travel already like all right next we one. had an interview the next day yeah no we had an interview like the very next day <laughs> next morning <laughs> and then a lot of our friends and family were like coming up to us and like saying like hey you, you guys did it like don't forget to take a moment to like soak it in so but it took them to say and i said it because like immediately when we did our pre-call interview even now i feel like the three of us are very similar in like just headspace and work ethic and just like all right what's next that's done check head down through the wall let's get this shit done because like we see we see what the end game is and everything that just gets to that is just part of the journey so and but sometimes those those markers are huge like really big things that we can't always appreciate and it sometimes takes outside parties to let us know that we're dope as fuck so Rafi, if you don't ever sit down and tell yourself let us tell you you are dope as You're fuck. Dope as fuck. <laughs> like, you are fucking shit up right now. Keep going. <laughs> Look, I'll say this. No matter how y'all feel in proximity to y'all journeys and everything, y'all got to interview someone who is the co-founder and, you know, hopefully someday executive director, but currently board president of a 501c3 nonprofit. Remove the hope. You know what I mean? Nah, that's happening. Like, that's happening. Like, even even if it's still small things, I'm like, we need to celebrate us and we need to celebrate each other. And I try. I try to celebrate me. I'm proud of how far we've gotten. I'm proud of being the president. I'm proud of NYC Gamers. I'm proud of my team because none of this would be possible without them because it's not a one-person job. I'm proud of my own coming out mm-hmm. journey. I'm proud of, like, I have a lot to be thankful for. And I think that that's where my armor comes from, that confidence and that resilience, right? Mm-hmm. But I say all of that to acknowledge that it's okay to practice radical selfishness in a healthy way sometimes, right? <laughs> so when we're out here pioneering our dreams and trying to make our hustle, our, our like, get out of the nine to five, make this our thing and all that. I want that for us. Let's do that. Let's not stop. Let's fight against all odds and let's make that the thing. And throughout that journey, take time to really be selfish in that and to acknowledge that this is for you. Like, it's not just to better the community and it's not just to do that. All beautiful and valid things, but also you deserve this. I deserve this, you know? And th- that's kind of like my sometimes. mantra that I go with. I'm like, I fucking deserve this. Yeah. Like, I'm tired <laughs> of this shit. I'm like, I, I self care. I, I, I say all the time, like, we put a positive spin on everything else that has self in front of it self love, self care, self worth. 
So why is selfish like such a negative thing? Like, mm. like, okay, man. Like, okay. like, like Rafi right. just said, like when in moderate, like anything outside of moderation could be a bad thing. If I have fucking ten thousand blueberries, I'm probably not gonna make it through the other side of that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like obviously, like I, I always say, like selfish isn't the issue. Is if my direct happiness is causing someone else sadness, that's where I draw the line. Like. I'm totally fine with inconveniencing the motherfucker. Sorry, shit happens. Well, like if what makes me happy makes you sad, now I gotta reevaluate some shit. Maybe I'm not doing things that could best benefit, you know, even myself. You know, doing harm to others, that shit sticks with you. Whether whether you whether you know it or not. But um what I wanna do, Rafi, because we we had talked about a lot, but this was so much more important than, you know, us getting to you know bust it up about you know, like anime and Harry Potter, which we're having that conversation. What what I want to do, Rafi, is we always tell all of our guests that once you come on once, you are a forever repeat guest for the DB4L podcast. But I I, I know I know when we get into some Potter shit, this will go on for like another hour and a half. So <laughs> what we're gonna do, we are gonna close it out for this because I feel like this conversation was fucking amazing, and I'm so thank happy that we you. stayed here on this because this is a conversation that deserved to have the amount of time that it got without us, you know, deviating and sidetracking and talking about other stuff. So what we're gonna do, Ravi, is we want to have you back. Cause we, we we still got to get into more anime. We definitely got to get into some Potter shit. Let's do it. You know, yeah, I want to get more into some gaming stuff. <laughs> before the fall season. No, no, we got no. Look, it'll be wait. Look, we gonna we look. Soon as we soon as we stop here and record, we gonna figure out the time for you to come back. Right. <laughs> hey. The way Attack of Titans has got me in a chokehold. Right look, that's <laughs> look, look, we, look, look, look. I right, say less. This and then tra- and then, and we gonna give Trav. Trav's gonna see uh, across the Spider Verse by then, so we could get in. Yeah, we oh, gonna get into oh. all that. Right. So we gonna do every. We gonna we gonna end this episode. So today and then we gonna have a part two and we'll keep it a lot more fun lighthearted, you know more centered but like i said i'm super happy i'm over the moon with how this conversation turned out I, I'm, I'm glad that we landed here and stayed here because your story deserves to be told everybody that you represent their story deserves to be told nyc gamers and what you guys got going on i, I, I look we, we gonna blast this shit everywhere we can because we want everybody to come out and support and show love and not just come out because it's an event we we going action word we are going to be allies mm-hmm. as an action word it's not just something you say or put on your instagram page but right before we uh let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening please tell our listeners where they can find you how they can support please plug the event that you have coming up again because i want to make sure that that i don't want nobody having an excuse that they didn't know about this part so (laughs) (laughs) let the people know where they can find you how they can support what you got going on thank you thank you so much um i'd be honored to come back y'all are you have to you have no choice y'all got some legendary (laughs) energy don't stop doing this this is incredible (laughs) right i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to subscribe and like get into all of this i gotta catch up you know so i'm loving this (laughs) Um, as for me, my name is Rafi. You can find me on most social media, like Twitter, Instagram, and all of that. Mostly Twitter. Um, at Rafi Regulus or Rafi Regulus. So that's R A F F Y R E G U L U S. Um, you can also find me through NYC Gamers. All of our social media is at official NYCG. Right. Um, if you do a Google search for NYC Gamers, will pop up anyways. 
Um, and if you want more information about our upcoming Gamer Pride event, check out our website, gamers.nyc. Or, um, yeah, come to Samsung 837 on Sunday, June 18th from 12 to 6 o'clock. It's a free event, open to all. There's even going to be a kids section. You know, I'm hoping that we can put a Mario movie or something up there, have a game there for kids to play, right? Um, we're going to make it as inclusive and as open to the community as possible. Um, <laughs> wait till y'all see us at Times Square, because apparently we're getting a Times Square billboard. Let's and I'm so hyped about that. I can't Thank wait to see from, that. Right? You know, so... I'm I'm really excited. We're a week and a half from the event. I hope to see y'all there for folks who can make it, you know? Trav, you got any any final words of wisdom for us before we close this bad boy out? I don't have any final words of wisdom, but when we do have you back, I, I let you said you you wanted to get into the politics of Dragon Ball, Boom and all that. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna table all that. Like I, oh, that that's gonna be It's gonna be great. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your Look, thoughts. We're not, we're not. Full disclosure, I haven't sat down and seen in its like entirety Dragon Ball Z Super. We're doing right. That's fine. Oh, Super but, Dragon Ball Super? Yeah, no, you're but, good. You're good. We'll, we'll, we'll clip you in. I'm caught <laughs> up. I've pretty, pretty much seen all of it through TikTok anyways, and I know yeah, all wow. that went on with the with the I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm with it, you know? You're good. You're good. <laughs> Look, we, we, we don't even need a creative brief for that one. We just going to hit record and just go. <laughs> <laughs> we just going to let it roll. We nah, just going to hit record and just go. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a great discussion. And, you know, for forever in New York, if you're ever in Philly, you know. Oh, nah. Know. We got to link up in Philly. because. Yeah. Can, I, can I just say this real quick? There's a spot, and I'm sure y'all know the name of it, all right? So work with me here. We got you. Okay. South Philly. It's not too far from South Philly Barbacoa, and it's not far from the two cheesesteak spots that all the tourists go to. Pat's yeah, and, Pat's and Gino's. Okay. There's another, there's another cheesesteak spot, right? That's like in that area on a corner that you go inside, and the area where they're cooking everything it's kind of like in the angle by the window, like by the front window of the restaurant. And they do like an authentic hoagie, right? With like the cheese whiz and all uh, of that. You're right? talking about gems. Is that what it's called? Yo, it, it I can caught, never remember caught, the name because off, they all named off. after white people yeah, with one syllable. Uh, and I'm so just like, <laughs> but that is my fucking Spot. So not not yeah. to not to end this on like a sour note, but that bad boy caught on fire. It don't exist anymore. Nah, Jim's on South Street. Yeah, they did. Oh, that's my oh. heart right there. You just broke it. But look, but look, but look, but look. I got you. So not got too, for you though. Not too I far down. To so my personal favorite cheesesteak spot is Ishka Bibbles, which is not too far down from Jim's. We got you. You good? All right. Yeah, I will travel for a cheesesteak. It's a ride. Yeah, you were talking <laughs> about that. Mark, we're going to the Bronx. We're going to take you to get say a good bacon, egg, and cheese. It's a wrap. Say less. Let's get it. <laughs> say less. Say less. Say less. All right, man. What a what an episode. <laughs> what an episode. But lifers, we call you guys the lifers because you quite literally put the life into Dragon Ball for life. So for all things DB4L and for all things Rafi, we're going to put everything in the almighty 
link tree of might that will be in the description of this episode uh it'll be all over our socials on ig we are going to make sure that this episode gets out before your event june 18th right june 18th we are going to make sure that this episode comes out before then because like i said we want to get as many eyes ears physical bodies manifestations of bodies astral projections all of that we won't get everybody there (laughs) after images we're gonna get everybody (laughs) there that we possibly can and we are going to manifest it this is going to be the first of many we're going to add this is going to be an annual thing we're going to do this every year samsung we're going to approve these video game stations it's happening hold ourselves accountable (laughs) whoever owed them this five thousand dollar check cut that shit (laughs) stop playing (laughs) stop playing with me (laughs) oh man but right we could talk to you all day and if i don't close it out we probably will talk to you all day but we are gonna definitely bring you back with part two (laughs) super duper asap so life is this is not the last that you have heard of rap he's probably not even gonna be the second or the third he 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 gonna cut we we gonna get we gonna get rafi back mad times i can already tell (laughs) i can already tell but like we always say here on dragon ball for life whether you watch it or you read it we all need it so follow your fan we'll cut that part (laughs) so we just gonna open up our nerd eye (laughs) and we will see you next time on dragon ball for life dodon ray Shout out to super producer Mikey. We love you, Mikey. Get out, get out. Shout out to Yali. All caps. <laughs> this is all for one. All is well, for I am here. And you've been listening to the Dragon Ball for Life podcast. Now, Do it again.